Welcome to the Humans of Real Estate, your weekly podcast chatting with real estate industry professionals. We bring you top performing individuals to showcase their knowledge and expertise in the business to help others learn and grow. Here's your hosts, Kobe Clark-Jacobs and Emily Wallace. Josh Hommelhoff from Ray White Carnegie joins us today on Humans of Real Estate. Josh's long list of repeat clients endorses his talent for selling properties ranging from $300,000 right up to multi-million dollar properties. Josh has enjoyed great success specializing in Melbourne's southeast property market and we welcome him to the show today. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for having me. We're very excited to have you on board. Now, Josh, as a starting point, as we sort of like to ask all guests, can you paint us the picture of... How did you land into real estate? Because everyone goes, oh, it's not the most common way, but this is how it happened. So tell us. Yeah, sure. So it was. So I started on the 3rd of June 2003. Um, so I'd been overseas. Um, so I was dating an American girl at the time and been overseas for a bit and backwards and forwards, done some landscaping stuff and a few things. And real estate was just something that I know back then, like that was when you had to look in the age for a job, mind you. So it was a little bit different. <laughs> um, and it was just something that I'd always considered you know, a bit of an itch and had seen some family members do some development and stuff. And and then, yeah, there was a an ad for and a personal assistant at Ray White in Oakley back then. Um, so I did the um, the smart thing that I thought at the time and put a yellow tie on and a, and a black suit on and matched all the colours up and marched into the interview room. And, um, yeah, look, interview went really well and didn't get the job. Um, <laughs> so they were hiring two. So a couple of people ahead of me ended up getting the job. And I was always taught if you don't get the business for anything, just – you know, ask why. So when they rang me and I said, look, can I ask why I didn't get the job? And got a call back about an hour later and said, we're going to hire all three of you. Um, come in on Monday and whoever doesn't work out will help get placement in another office and the rest is history today. Um, so I was there for 10 months. Um, so Matt Hurston, who's my business partner now, I started working for him as his assistant. And then um, in 2004, opened up Carnegie and we've been there ever since. That's um, a decent stint in the one place in the one area. Yeah. Um, how many years is that? I came into the mass. Uh, so nine, over 19 now. Wow. Yeah. You must really love it. Yeah, it's good fun. I think, you know, you get to deal with people all the time. It's not Groundhog Day. And, you know, as you and everyone else in this industry knows, it's hard. Like, you know, there's a lot of different stories and people that come with it every single day. But I just think it's, you know, you get to help people and, make a difference. It's great fun. Yeah. Love it. Because it's been a little while that you've been in the industry. How do you find um, you get most of your business or appraisals? So a lot of referral business, mm-hmm. but I don't rest on my laurels in getting referrals. Like, you know, it's, it, I notice now I certainly get a lot more calls from people I've never met before because obviously you've had a name in the business for quite a while. Um, but still like, you know, my prospecting is probably different to what it was, obviously. You know, when I look at some of the guys I've got in the business now that are starting out, um, you know, be it cold calling or unloved data, all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, probably more so is re- a lot of repeat business um, and referrals is probably the majority. But then there's people in my database that, you know, I've never sold for and they've been there for 10, 15 years and, and they'll come on as well. Now, obviously, you're a master of selling real estate, but you've just been through the process of buying a family yeah. home yourself. Yeah. What, like, did it bring perspective for you being on the other side of the fence? This is, you know, a very challenging market, particularly in family home buying space. How yeah. was that process for you? Gut wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really honestly take my hat off to people. Like, it's, 
you know, I think I said to you previously in one of our chats that, you know, I sell real estate professionally, but don't buy it. And when it's the family home, you know, we've got two kids, another one on the way and all that happening. And, you know, you, the pressures that people have when they're trying to buy a home. And we always make a joke to um, about auction day where, you know, you see the poor or bugger that's standing there bidding he's got the pregnant wife they might have one already and you think yeah this guy's not going to want to miss this and you know we went through that and um yeah it's a tumultuous process to to go through but you know wrap that we've bought I'm, I'm great that we're out of the market i think the bit of advice we gave ourselves for you know especially me doing this for such a long time was we're going to pay more next week and I just think that's the truth. It doesn't matter what the market's doing and we really like this house and we've sat back three weeks later and gone, we're wrapped that we that we bought it. We paid a premium. We know that. Um, a, a guy joked with me on the weekend and said, oh, it's good to know real estate agents, you know, also pay premiums for houses. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's Still what people. happens. Yeah. There were, there were three other people that wanted this house as much as we did. And um, I think during the, we, we were an online auction and uh, we were out seven times. You know, and then we just kept looking at each other and my father-in-law was on the phone at one point and, oh, what do you reckon, keep going? I'm like, oh, Kate's like, no, we're out, we're out. And then we're like, oh, let's go again. And then, yeah, you know, we ended up buying it, so, which was great. But, yeah, big experience to go through and I think just something to be able to take back into my work um, as, you know, we sold in March, so going through that as well, selling our family home that we were in and then going through the buying process. So I'd, I'd probably rather sell than buy. If I was to, that was going to be my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would so, you buy fathers? Uh yeah. Would I do it? Mm. Uh yeah. Look, and I've helped plenty of clients buy property, but I'm also big on referring um, clients to advocates. And uh, you know, I just think, you know, what's the old saying? If you think it's expensive to hire a professional, wait till you hire an amateur. And you know, mm. if you've, if I think it's just good to point people in the right direction. I think real estate agents try to wear too many hats. Um, so. You know, I'll give people advice and everything else, but I've had a few buyers that I've dealt with that haven't been able to buy and, you know, put them onto someone that's helped them and they've been able to purchase. So I think you just got to be, you got to know what you're good at and um, and focus on that. Now, obviously being a, a long time in the game, um, you've probably seen a lot of change in the industry, um, within the market, within trends and things like that. What would you say, you know, sort of in, the the year of 2021 is the number one skill that agents must have pick up the phone and use it like seriously like <laughs> i think you know social media is great and you know and there, i think there's there's some agents out there that you know do some great stuff on social media but i think if you're you know if you're 19 20 21 you're getting into the industry and you think social media is an important part like it's actually something that you do not need to have in my view, I think you've just got to be able to get on the phone, ring people, book appointments. Um, I always say if you want to be a good real estate agent, they don't act like one. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest thing. So the the picture in your head, the the cowboyish approach and, you know, the people that are in the industry for maybe a couple of years and they move on or they're in a business for a year and they go to the next one and, you know, and they go, oh, the reason it didn't work out, the person I worked for was, you know, an idiot or whatever. And I think we all know most of the time it's because – they're not prepared to put the work in. You just gotta you gotta have good structure. Um, you know, and like there's a there's a guy in my business, Tom, great agent. His structure is phenomenal. Um, like religiously every day at certain times of the day, he's doing things. And this is a guy that's, you know, done over a million dollars this year. Um, but for me, I'm structured probably not as much as Tom, but I'm religious in terms of, you know, follow up and certain times of the day and 
trying to communicate with people as much as possible. What does your day-to-day schedule look like then? Uh, so I try – so Mondays Mondays and Wednesdays uh, mornings with the kids um, and that, that's, like, that's me leaving home at, you know, probably 9 o'clock. Um, most days I'm in the office just, you know, between 8 and 8.30. You know, we have meetings on a Tuesday and a Thursday morning. Uh, and then so we try and do call, call sessions each day between 10 and 12. Um, I'm not a big person for AM appointments. I prefer them to be in the second half of the day. Uh, and then, yeah, just pretty much on the phone. A lot of, you know, by the time I get home, you know, so Monday and Tuesday nights, not as late. Sometimes they will be. Wednesdays and Thursdays are typically pretty late, open for inspections and listing appointments and everything else. Um, but then every single night I have time with the kids and Kate uh, and then probably from about 8.30, 9 o'clock onwards to, to 11, there's follow-up communication with prospective sellers, you know, text messages and emails, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then Saturdays is game day, you know, opens, auctions and then um, follow-up with everybody that I'm talking to on a Saturday. I think Saturday is a really good day to talk to people. Most people are in a pretty happy mood mm-hmm. on a Saturday as opposed to Monday when they're back at work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Monday grind probably catch people on the wrong, yeah, absolutely. wrong yep. side sometimes. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's funny you say that. Like you got to – I think you got to – Brian White, who's the chairman of our company, um, great man. Um, I think Brian's in his late 70s now, I think, but um, still serves every day too, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But he, he says that from day one you've got to accept rejection. Yeah. And you've also got to understand that when you ring someone – like I've had plenty of people ring me from different industries and I've just had a shit of a day. And you might not be the best person to talk to. And you've got to remember every time. So if you're doing high volume of calls and talking to people, that you're going to expect that. So whereas some people get off the phone and go, oh, that person wasn't, wasn't very good. You're like, yeah, but, you know, why did they act like that? They might have had something going on. So yeah, just little things to be mindful of. Yeah, context of it's always important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, being under the Ray White umbrella for such a long time, um, I think, you know, from even where I've been sitting, I've seen Ray White really grow um, and have some great um, structure around, you know, their elite club and things like that. Um, How has that helped you personally and as a business to grow, being able to tap in to such a a brand that has such a presence across Australia, really? Yeah, it's great. I think... um I always say their values have been very close to my own. That was always something that I resonated with when I first started. You know, it's a fourth generation run family business. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, I've got to know some great people over my journey, um, you know, from all different marketplaces. Um, you know, Kev, who's in Cheltenham, he and I are pretty good mates. You know, great fella, great agent. Um, Benny Thomas out in Furniture Gully. Um, number of people, but also interstate, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone does it differently. Um, you know, so when you come together for a Ray White Elite Conference and you've got, you know, 200 people from all over um, New Zealand and Australia, yeah, it's a, it's a really, like, I know they're, like, RX good and everything else, don't get me wrong, like, you know, they're always great to go to, but I think when you can chat to people within the biggest country in, um, company in Australasia and everyone does it differently, yeah, there's some really, really good things that you can put into your business. Now, in terms of the types of properties that you sell, obviously being so... Um, close in that southeast pocket, particularly Carnegie and surrounds. Yep. Do you have a favourite type of property that you like to sell? Uh, no, not really. I think it comes down to the person because you can mm. sell. I think too many people get caught up in going, oh, I'm going into a house today. It's worth $1.5 million, and they freak out. Like it's <laughs> no different because the person who's sitting there at the table, the whole psychological experience with the person selling their first property that's a one-bedroom apartment, in most cases it's the same. 
Um, but it, look, it is nice when you get the opportunity to sell. Like we sold a home in Carnegie recently for just under four million. Um, lovely home, yeah, yeah, big block of land and and everything else, and you know, special story behind it with family members and stuff. So I think it comes down to the story behind the person. That's a that's a big thing. Yeah. This is on a less serious note. Do you have any horror stories selling real estate? Fine horror. How far into it do you want me to go? <laughs> you can share, you know, confidentially into names, street names or people or anything, but like have there been any nightmare deals or yeah. um, situations you've found yourself in that you're like, God, I hope that never happens again? Um, oh, no, I've one, look, I know of one that a property manager went through years ago, but that's probably a bit too full on. But okay. um, <laughs> I'm going to want to know. No, I'd tell you off air, I reckon. Um, Look, you get, I think, you get different buyers, you get different vendors, um, you know, and you're never going to please everybody. I think everybody understands that if you've been in this long enough. There's there's probably not, I don't have too many horror stories or anything like that. I know, like, you deal with people and you just think, oh, God, I'm glad they're gone now, like, you know, but that's just human nature. But I did have a sale, like, on the other side, I had a sale this year where, my vendor who I sold for, so his family moved up to Queensland. He was doing everything on his own down here while they were up there. Um, obviously, the whole family was getting ready to move. And this is a guy who's, you know, six six, six seven, big bloke, loves V8 cars, like everything. And we got a huge result on auction day. So it was about 340 above reserve. Um, and he was in tears afterwards. Like, And the best part was he sat in his favourite chair at the back of the house while the auction was on and didn't listen to a thing. And I walked in, he said, how do we go? He goes, do we sell? I said, did you not listen at all? He goes, no. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, this was the price. He's like, you're joking. And I said, no. And then he just, he just started crying. And and I said, mate, look, I'll I'll let you ring the missus and and talk to the kids and everything else. And I think that those things are what are the best part of the job in most cases, you know, I always say like, golf when I can and it takes one good shot to bring you back I think with real estate yeah <laughs> you know just that one you could have a lot of crappy deals or experiences and that one really good experience is just what makes it all worthwhile I reckon yeah yeah completely agree yep. it can be emotional roller coaster oh 100 good days and bad days yep yeah my, one of my sisters has a honors degree in psychology and I always uh-huh. joke with her and say by the time I'm done you know just write me a certificate because <laughs> I reckon you, you, you have a degree in psychology in this business by the time you're done on any fronts, sellers, you know, as a buyer's advocate, whatever, like what you've got to do with every day. Um, but it's fun. You know, I love it. Couples counselling. Yeah. yeah. We call it couples counselling. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Go through that a little bit. Yeah. Yep. But it's all part of the job. Yeah, it is. So, you you know, I signed up for it nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see the future of things heading? Like obviously in real estate more broadly, but also in terms of business, like, you've obviously um, been able to keep consistency throughout to be going in an area for so long and you obviously have a great reputation. But more broadly, like what's what are the plans for you longer term? What do you hope to see? Uh, so I have a lot more focus. Um, I get a lot more excited about the business, mm. you know. Um, so I've been a co-director there now for three years um, with Matt and, and Thomas since joined on as well. Um, but... I think I know there's all the talk about like what technical sides of things are going to change the industry. Mm. Um, you just can't take out one the, the touch point, the human nature part of it. I think will always be there. That's why we all have a job. I think mm. you, can, you know. And I, I look at the um, the buying process. That's that's why you know. Um, but 
I think moving forward, what does the industry look like? I think we're going to see people come in with different things here and there, um, you know, different websites that will probably come up, all that sort of stuff. But I think the the whole touch and feel of it is probably going to still be the most important factor for the industry going forward. I know a lot of experienced people talk about that, that that's something that you're just not able to, to get rid of. Um, you know, everyone has a job and everyone has an opinion in real estate, you know, in terms of what a home is or what their own home is potentially worth. Mm. Um, but for me moving forward, it's more, more growth into the business, gradually stepping out of a sales role. Um, you know, my business partner, Matt, hasn't been a salesperson since, oh, geez, it'd be like early 2000s. Um, so Matt's focus has always been on running the business and then gradually, you know, I'd like to get to a point where we just see our team grow and, you know, have more people come in and be able to take over what I do. And but that's not anytime soon. You know, that might be in the next five to 10 years, but we'll see what happens. How many people um, do you have in your team at the moment? Personally? Yeah. Uh, so two in my team mm-hmm. uh, and we have in-house office admin mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So second person joined about three months ago um, and John and I, so Johnny's been with me for nearly four years. Um, He was one of the front runners on my home as well. We have a saying in our office, like, well, we'd let you stand on our own home. If the answer is no, then you don't stay. Um, And to John's credit, like the kid's 22, looks like he's 12. But, um, you know, I back him in most situations. He's put in a lot of work and did a great job for, for our home as well. Having a look into more of the business side, you know, we should get to wear the hat of selling and being a sales agent but also, you know, co-business owner of somewhat. Um, where do you see like with marketing budgets and looking at marketing spend, where do you think is the best return in putting dollars into things? Um, obviously like, you know, realestate.com, the base that it is, that's your mm. starting point domain. Um, I think social media is huge mm. from from a selling point of view. So yeah. that's you know, we always used to say that, that you know I don't think print is dead. I think for the right markets it works. Mm. Still think for you know Turak South Yarra that in a Melbourne market is it's still hugely popular. Um, but social media you know used, it does what the local paper used to do. You know finding the passive buyer. Um, you know and your return on investment is huge. You know, you're spending, you could spend $500 for a campaign and the weekly paper used to cost you 500 a week as a minimum. Mm. Um, but I think there, obviously database stuff is important, but I mean, we're all dealing with the same people in, in most cases. Um, you know, the touch of a button, the same buyer will probably get four text messages from four different agents in a week for, for a listing. But um, I don't think anything takes over the likes of realestate.com or anything like that anytime soon. You know, there's talk about what Facebook might be able to bring to the table in years to come. You know, they have all the information to mirror, you know, probably a buyer and a seller up pretty pretty closely. But um, from what I'm seeing at the moment, yeah, it's obviously online, but social media is probably a big part of it. And we're pretty heavy on it in our business. Yeah, I think to push out listings as well. Yeah. Um, sponsored ads and things like that. Yeah, it's just a layering effect Yeah, as well. Yeah. And exposure more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep seeing something pop up again and again yep. and again. Absolutely. Top, we always say top of mind awareness for a house, you know, that's a that's a big one. So someone might not have – like I, I'll tell you hand on heart, when I've, I got to walk – so when I first walked through our, the house that we bought, the agent who I knew, we were chatting on um, Instagram, so ch- chat, uh, and she said to me, I've got this one coming up. And I said, any chance I can get through before you launch it? She's like, yeah, but it won't be sold prior. I'm like, no, no, that's fine. I, I get that. And I went through and then I walked out of it and I got home and I was like, mm, no, nah, I don't reckon it's for us. 
Um, and then Kate went through, we went through again, her brother went through and then all of a sudden we started having more chats and we're like, yeah, okay, this, this is for us. But that whole opportunity to go through first was directly from social media. So it works. Just in closing, obviously you have new team members coming through um, the business and you've probably probably been part of training um, a number of people as yep. well in that process. What would be your uh, main piece of advice to young people coming through? Uh, I think a few people said this, be a sponge. Yeah. Like literally, you you know, if you want to be a doctor, like what, eight to 12 years of university minimum mm. before you can step out and start operating on people, you work in a law firm, they're not going to send the associate to go and defend someone at a murder trial. Like you've got to have experience. I think have, have your first two to four years just – it's not, a, it's not about that you won't make money. Like there are exceptions to the rule. If you put in the effort, you can make good money, you can have a good life and everything else. But I think you just need to be a sponge, learn off as many people as you can, you know, work for someone that's got a good brand in terms of the person. I think to a point, and I say this lightheartedly, but brand in some cases can be an empty shell because it all comes down to the person. The brand, the brand is huge support, but... You know, I've, I've listened to multiple podcasts and a lot of the people you've in, you guys have interviewed as well. It, it really comes down to, you know, mateship, friendship, people you work with. Um, you know, I, I'd listen to one of your podcasts where someone who works for the same company worked for a different office and then at another office and mm. it's a totally different experience. Mm. So that, that shows you that it wasn't the brand to begin with but it was the people. Um, but just sit down, learn, don't get six months in and go, this is too tough because you'll, you'll have – multiple days and weeks where you'd be like, I don't want to do this job anymore. It's too hard. But I think you get that in most industries, but you just, you've got to suck it up. You've got to have a red hot go. And, um, you know, my biggest fear was running into somebody that I used to work with and them saying to me, yeah, I'm flying, doing really well. That was always a big thing for me just sitting in the back of my head. And, you know, I remember running into a guy at Flemington one day and I'm not, I'm not a big race person. I just happened to go there. This is probably 10 years ago. And he, so like, oh, you still doing that real estate stuff? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, is it good? I'm like, yeah, no, it's going pretty well. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> you know really enjoying it. And I said, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I've gone back to uni and doing this and doing that. And that's fine. Like it wasn't for him. But I think if you put all the hard yards in, um, you get a lot out of it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, one final question. Anyone that you want to, that you think we should get on the podcast? Any shout outs to anybody that you think we should uh Anywhere in Oz, it doesn't have to be Melbourne. We've been very Melbourne heavy um, and listeners who tune in weekly would know most people in Melbourne because we actually get them in um, to our office and we do the recording here. But anybody that you think we should get on or that you'd like to hear from? Um, look, I I bought – so I bought my home from Kylie Charlton. Yeah. Marshall White. Yep. Kylie's been in the industry. So we've only got to know each other obviously very recently. Um, but she's been doing this for 30 years, uh, was – great to deal with and I'm sure has a has a really good story. Um, yeah. And, you know, me living Bayside, like I've noticed so a lot of people know her and, yes. and who she is. Um, and she works, you know, she works with Maddie Pilios as well, who's a, you know, great fella. I've got to know Maddie a bit over the years, Re- really good guy. So I guess you could take your pick there. But um, from personal experience, yeah, dealing with Kylie recently as a buyer, yeah, um, she's been great. 
Awesome. Well, yep. Kylie, you're you're up yep. next. <laughs> we'll be, be contacting you. <laughs> For those who are listening, don't forget to check out our Instagram page um, and follow us on there. If you have a recommendation of someone you'd like us to interview, just send us a message and we will get them on the show. Josh, thank you so much for today. Really, really appreciate all your insights and sharing your story with us and we wish you all the best for the rest of the year. Yeah, my pleasure.